Hi, guys. Welcome back to the MSTM Perspectives Podcast. I am your host, Isabella Seves. Today, we are interviewing Royal Parker. Royal Parker served in the U.S. Army before his transition. Royal faced a series of hardships based on race, gender identity, and as a, and as a survivor of military sexual trauma. Royal's preferred pronouns are he, him, and his. Royal details his story of adversity and struggle while serving our nation. Today, Royal is an activist in the Hudson Valley region of New York, helping other transgender veterans. Royal, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up everybody? <laughs> How are you today? I'm good, you know, I'm good. A lot of, lot of work to be done, a lot of things to do. Um, you know, planning my own event, my first time uh, actually right now, so I'm pretty excited. What kind of event? I'm gonna be having um, a protest uh, rally in my hometown, in my town, not my hometown, but my town that I live in, Pleasant uh-huh. Valley, on July 18th at uh, 2 p.m. Oh wow, wow! And you're hosting it? Yes, I am. It? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. You know, and I've already received backlash from some community leaders saying, you know, they don't really support it. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. They don't support Black Lives Matter. They don't think that it's something that would be beneficial as a voice of somebody that's a resident. They're like, you know, we don't want any problems. You know, we don't want the drama. We don't want um, politics and we don't want, mm. you know, any problem, you know, the, 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 the way people try to yeah. um, portray protesting and the protesters and try to like, you know, tie us into something we're not Mm -hmm. do you need like permission from the city or can you just go out and protest with the crowd that i'm expecting i am going to um bring this into the town hall and ask them for permission and Mm -hmm. probably get the state troopers involved because my town is so small we don't have our own police department so i'm gonna have them block off the traffic uh, while we march through the town route. Okay. Okay. So that's good. At least you have that support or you're trying to get that support at least, you know, yeah. yep. that's good. Wow. And then actually, I'm really glad that you finally have time. So, cause you've been protesting and we haven't been able to record. So all like, I'm, I'm glad that we finally get the chance to actually have a conversation. <laughs> yes. Other than like us talking on the phone and texting. Or texting. Been, yeah. Right. Like I have been, protesting i've been um organizing i've been doing some action calls i've been having town halls i've been interviewed i've had you know um pieces of articles written like i've been definitely putting in some work you know for the resistance and for a good cause and you were on the news just the other day right you said you were on the news on wednesday yeah yeah wow. I was like, <laughs> came to my house yeah they, wow okay what was that like Oh wow! Like, was that your first? Like, was that your? I'm sorry. Was that your first news interview? Um, no, no, um, no. It was my first featured piece on oh. the news. But I've had a lot of um interviews. You know, they'll come out to the rallies and and pull me to the side as as you know a member of the community and as a leader of civil rights and you know the movement. You know, and want to talk to me. But that was the first time I've ever had like a camera crew and like people show up at my house and like a whole feature. Wow, that's wow, that's incredible. It was people Ooh. want to some people are like, oh wow, you're famous now. Like I'm like, don't, don't don't do that. I'm just a regular person 
you know, doing no, things. Wait, you know. no, hold on, wait. You're not a regular person. You just said you're a civil rights leader. That's beyond the regular person. <laughs> you're extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about I'm a civil rights leader. Oh no, I'm just a regular person. You're not a regular person. You're doing really big things. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. <laughs> That's really cool. Okay. So um, do you want to talk about the, your time in the Army? Yeah. You know, my time in the military was, um, it was definitely hard. You know, people always ask me, you know, oh, I want to join the military. What do you think? I'm, I tell them, you know, depending on who they are, you know, like if they're a person of color, I tell them, you know, you're going to experience discrimination. You're going to have people who don't want to see you succeed. If they're a woman, if they're women, I tell them, you know, uh, women are still looked at as, you know, less than the male soldiers and they get treated different because they're women. Mm -hmm. um, if they're uh, lesbian, gay, trans, bisexual, queer, or on the spectrum, I let them know that you're pretty much not welcome still, even though they try to say, you know, the don't ask, don't tell has been removed um, mm -hmm. from my own personal experience being trans. You know, I've had to experience hardship when Donald Trump um, implemented the transgender ban. Um, mm -hmm. I was denied medical assistance by my chain of command. So like, you know, basically my doctors approved it on both sides, my therapist, as well as, you know, medical doctors who would be prescribing the hormones. They mm -hmm. said, yes, you're good to go. Then I presented it to my um, commanding officers and they shut it down. They said no. You know, mm -hmm. so depending on who asked me, I let them know, you know, maybe it's not the best option, but if it's something you want to do, because... How dare I say, you know, oh, don't do something that your heart desires. Because I do believe that anybody, any able body that can pass the tests and et cetera, et cetera, should fight for this country that they love or, or think that is, you know, beneficial. Like, you know, because that's why I did this. You right. know, I'm an American citizen. I'm, I'm, I'm an American. Like, I love my country, regardless of, you know, all that this country has been through. Like, I feel like when they wrote, you know, the constitution, even though we have people in, in um, segregation and in chains and things, like we need to uphold that. So I fight for that, you know, the mm -hmm. idea that all people are created equally, that everybody has a right for life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. I, that's what I believe in. Did you request the transition at the end of your career or did you, did you have to leave the military because of that? So or were I you already? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. So when I first got in the military, um, you know, I went through basic and I went through AIT and I didn't really voice my concerns or opinions about it. Um, once I graduated and everything and I got to my duty station and I was, you know, pretty much, you know, in the ranks. Um, then I had went and I had asked and my medical officer was like, you know, he doesn't suggest it pretty much. He was like, he doesn't suggest it. And I trusted him, you know, because his suggestion was like, you're about to get deployed to South Korea and we don't really have the um, access to the healthcare that we do in the States, which I totally get, you know, mm -hmm. because you're not going to be able to go to an American hospital in South Korea. You'll go to a VA hospital, you know, or a veterans mm -hmm. hospital, whatever there, you know, but you won't be able to go to a, a hospital that's American funded. Um, which could be a problem if something were to happen to me, you know, if I had a bad reaction to the hormones or if something, you know, so I said, okay, cool. I'll wait till I get back from deployment. So I uh -huh. waited and then I waited and then we got back from deployment 10 months later. I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready to transition. Well, by that mm -hmm. time, the officer, um, the medical officer had been um, transferred to a different duty station 
but like I said, they were still willing to comply. But that had happened after Donald Trump, the president, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you not know, my president. Um, not my president. The yeah. president, Donald Trump, had said, you yes. know, transgender people are banned from, you know, serving and joining, you know. So by that time, it had been under scrutiny and they were not going to um, support me, uh, you know. Okay, wow. I'm re- I was reading your, your story, and then you said that, hold on, let me read it really quick. I have it up. Oh, it's basically what you said about military. They were giving you the excuse that it would, the reason was military readiness. That That's why yes. they didn't transition. Mm-hmm. Right, military readiness. And I mean, to be honest, they also had said, you know, they didn't want this to be a problem. They didn't want to have to defend this because they wouldn't. Because like during that time, if you wanted to get this done, it really needed, it would have to go up, up, up and above, you know, like it would be on the radar, as we say, you know, Mm -hmm. people would look at it and be like, well, why are you allowing this? You know, when the, when the commander in chief is saying we're not allowing it, you know, and they didn't want to have to defend it. They didn't um, support it Mm -hmm. as well, you know. Um, And I also, um, you know, I touched on, um, two incidents, just two big incidents that had happened to me, you know, while I was over there, which was in South Korea on my deployment. Um, mm-hmm. One incident really bothered me and was just terrible. And as we're starting to, you know, hear more about Vanessa Gilman, Gillen, yes. um, I, I feel bad because my NCO, my staff sergeant, my platoon sergeant had us in formation and he pointed me out and said that he would not defend or protect my life and didn't care if I died in battle or other, you know, that my life literally is worthless to him and nobody, nobody said anything. Nobody said that's not right. Nobody said you shouldn't say that. Nobody was outraged at all. They just stood there and let this person degrade me and talk about me like that. And I was appalled. Like I was so hurt by what that man said mm-hmm. and to see that nobody did anything and pretty much wiped it underneath the rug and he got no repercussions, nothing, and just went on to another duty station. Mm-hmm. It was it was heartbreaking, you know. That was really hard for me, especially being on my first deployment, just in the military, you know, on my first term, um, really far away from home, like I said, South Korea. Uh, it really didn't help me feel any type of safety, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they're yeah, they're telling you they're not going to protect you in combat. Yep. And and then and no one and not even your peers stood up for you. You're saying right? So That's you didn't right. get any support from leadership or your peers. So, I mean, I can't imagine. And and you were all alone out there with no friends. And pretty much, you know, because yeah. like I was looked at as different, you know, especially after Donald Trump, like I said, had put that out there. People mm-hmm. don't understand, you know, they, they don't get what it means to be trans. And then they had their opinions. Oh, they, they shouldn't be in the military. They shouldn't serve because even though, you know, Obama did away with the don't ask, don't tell and legalize, you know, gay marriage, the mm-hmm. military is like kind of a society within itself. They have their own rules and they still feel like it's, you know, that they're white man's army. You know, I, I hate to say it, you know, but. They feel like only white men should be in it. You know, they don't even want women in mm-hmm. it, you know, let alone black people. Um, how, long, how long were you in, in South Korea? I was in South Korea for about 10 months. 
Okay, that's a long time. It was a long time. And I got to my duty station in September and by, no, in August and by mid-October before my birthday, I'll never forget it because we got shipped out the day after my birthday, October 10th. My birthday is October 9th. We got shipped out. So I barely had time to really get acclimated, you know, to this life, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had went through basic, you know, I got that. I went through AIT, but as far as like being a soldier, you know, cause they don't really say you're, you've made it till you've made it. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of time to get acclimated. You know, they just shipped us right out, you mm -hmm. know. Wow. And right. did, you have, did you have any support from your family at all? Right, my, my, family, my family was very scared for my life. Oh my um, God. Because not only on deployment did I experience that, they, like I said, I hadn't started transitioning, but they insisted on putting me on an all-male floor, meaning I was the only female on the whole floor of that barracks. Mm -hmm. the, like, the whole floor. I was the only female. Why did they, you know, why did they insist on that? I, you know, I didn't mind because I was trans. So I was like, you know what, cool, I'm with the guys. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I felt like they were trying to include me. But I really yeah. feel like they did that to, like, you know, put me and to be exposed, you know, like to have me out there because um, I also touched on this in my article um, for the MST movement. You know, I said um, one day I was in my room, you know, and the door was closed, shut, and I had my music on and it was not after hours. It was still daylight out and um, I was naked. I was naked. Mm -hmm. at, you know, I was just, I'm in my room by myself. I don't have a roommate because once again, mm -hmm. I'm the only female. They can't put a male in my yeah. room, you know, and I, there was no other female. I was literally the only female. So I'm in my room naked, you know, chilling, just doing my thing on the computer and in walks an NCO out of uniform, not on duty, telling me, um, walking in my room, pointing at me, telling me I need to turn my music down and I need to turn it down right now. And then he walks out and we run, I tell my first sergeant, I tell people, and we run back the footage and he had went down to the, um, to the um, staff duty desk, you know, where yeah. like people have to check in if they're, you know, not from the barracks or in the platoon and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he went behind the desk, took the key and the master key and opened my door. You know, he didn't, yeah. and he didn't even, he never, this, this man, never apologized he never got reprimanded and it was once again swept under the rug oh my god yeah Did, were you how were you able to like cope as far as like your mental health because you were you were already being harassed you're on this floor with a bunch of men you've already been threatened that you're not going to be protected in combat like how were you and i mean i just can't imagine like how and this was like i'm just wondering just I'm kind of nosy here. Like, how how long have you had you been serving since? That like you said you were still fairly a fairly new soldier, right? Yes. So, and, this your, and this was your first deployment, so I can imagine you were yeah. already scared, and then yeah. experiencing this harassment. You were already vulnerable and exposing your transition and what you wanted to do and who you were. You were honest about your truth, and yet you know you're getting treated like this. And like you said, this is the U.S. Army, and you're serving your country. Yep. That's right. Oh, things were very tense during that time. Um, um, that year in um, what 2017, I, my years are so, but that was the year that Donald Trump had just got in there and he was starting mm -hmm. stuff with South, with North Korea. 
and North mm -hmm. Korea had been testing the missiles in Japan on the oh, on the ocean God. bay. Yeah. So tensions were crazy high while we were over there. And um, you know, we were literally at Area One Camp KC Korea, which was the closest base to the North Korean border. You know, our life expectancy was five minutes if something were to happen. Literally. Like I'm wow. like five what really? What oh are we gonna God. do? I, I said this is the United States Army. This is the best plan we got. Five minutes. Oh my God. You know, so it was a very stressful time. Um, I leaned on um my mother, who is my stronghold. I leaned on um my family as a whole. Uh during that time I was also going through a divorce. Um okay. I started um getting back into my active addiction. Um, so I, I joined, um, they had an AANA group at Camp Casey. So I joined that group and I found support there. Um, I would go to church and I found support there. Um, I was on the area one basketball team and I found support there, you know? Okay. That's good. And so after your deployment, you were able to, um, so when you got back, I guess. Walk me through what happened when you got back from deployment. Okay, so we got back from deployment and um, I was like, you know, I'm ready to transition and mm -hmm. um, I went okay. through a lot of, yeah. And how, like, how much time after that did you leave the military and actually start the transition? Right, okay, so I got out of the military April 2019, and by November, because they lost my paperwork when I filed it in April, you know how the VA can be. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they lost my paperwork, so I wasn't able to um, get any insurance through the VA, and I was also disabled at the time, because when they discharged me, I had a blood clot. Like, literally that month that I got out, I, they found two blood clots in my leg so I wasn't able to work so I was on unemployment so I wasn't able to get any insurance like you know get it was a mess it was a mess and um oh. right I'm wondering so. if that's probably from like the all the stuff you have to carry when you're on deployment right I'm wondering I think it was from that and you know a lot of sitting um mm -hmm. with heavy equipment I was an ADA yeah. motor transportation specialist so we did a lot of driving you know, so the circulation, because it was in my left calf, so mm -hmm. the circulation probably wasn't able to circulate that well. You okay. Know? Um, so then they find that, and then yeah. that like, they found that after you left the military, and then yeah, so you couldn't start your transition. Right. Yep. They yeah. they were like, well, because they didn't have my paperwork with the VA. Like they lost my paperwork, so I wasn't able to get the insurance was not um there i didn't have a job yet you know what i mean so i had to um wait until november for the va to get my paperwork and get me a percentage and say that okay i can still be seen through the va because until you get approved by the va with your medical claims they don't have to see you you know if you don't file for disability and you don't file that you want to be um you know treated with the va they don't they won't, they don't have to see you. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have a claim. You don't have a file. You're not registered. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Right. So I didn't start the transition until that year, November. Of 2018? 
Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you want to talk about that process at all or what that was oh, like? Wow. Um, <laughs> it's up that's to you. Such, it's such a process. No, because it's like, you know, it's such a process that they make mm -hmm. people go through. Um, some people think it's justified. Whereas somebody like myself who is trans and who just wants to like feel good about themselves and not have to like relive every traumatic story as to why they feel the way they feel and how they feel the way they feel and when it started and mm. you know just they, oh, they ask so many questions there's a lot of therapy that has to be done and some people aren't comfortable you know but luckily I know like they make you they'll ask you like you know have you ever been raped have you ever been um molested have you ever have to do with anything though I wonder how's that even their business it's, like you should, you should just be able to tr like transition because you want to fucking transition. You know what I mean? That's what I say, and and I've talked to therapists. Like you know, why are you asking me these questions? And I guess it's because they want to make sure that you're mentally stable enough to go through these things wow. that you're about to go through. Because transitioning will, for me personally, I'm keep it on me because then there's some people who are trans that say it didn't change them. The hormones didn't change them but for me these hormones have changed me and the way i look at myself and feel about myself in a drastic positive way you know mm -hmm. but some people might not be ready for that you know like i grew hair on my face some people might not be ready for that you know i've 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 gotten my my you know private area has enlarged some people might not be ready for that my voice has dropped some people you know if you're not ready for these changes that possibly can occur then you might not be stable to to handle it but like I said you know everybody's different so I totally agree like I don't think that people like myself who know who they are and who are dying to live their truth like literally right. I've had so many suicidal thoughts because I don't feel like I'm a handsome young man because I'm not seeing the results that other men are seeing because I'm not you know, I don't have the chemical makeup. I just don't have the biological makeup, you know, like to grow the hair. Like, you know, I don't have mm -hmm. the biological makeup to enhance my muscles like that or, you know, have my, um, I'll just be, you know, we can say clit on here, right? Yeah, you can say okay. it. <laughs> you know, like my clit enlarge, you know, and mm -hmm. to, you know, actually have like an ejaculation or pee standing up, like which are all these things that I'm able to do now on these hormones. Wow, that's impressive, actually. Peeing standing up. <laughs> yeah, yo, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I will say honestly, like just reading your story and like talking to you, I will say that you being so bold about your transition during a Donald Trump, like you served under Donald Trump, and as bold as mm. you were, like I honestly, like I applaud you. They're not feeling safe within their own chain of command. There's no. yeah, there's too much corruption in the military for for them to feel safe. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Um, okay, and then I guess another question: What advice can you give a transgender service member who is struggling and hiding who they are? Um, I I, I would suggest um, a transgender member who is struggling. Well, depending on what they're struggling with, you know, if they're struggling with their identity. You know, thinking mm -hmm. if they are aren't trans, def. You know, um, I would, I would, I, I, I waited. 
I tell you what I did. I, I can only tell you what I did. I waited until I knew that this was it. You know, I tried to do whatever I could to love myself as I was born, you know, where I said, nope, it's going to need more. I'm going to need more, you know, so definitely wait. And the reason why I say that is because once you do bring this up to somebody, they are going to question the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And some of them might try to deter you. And if you're set and your mind is set, then you're set and you won't be able to be deterred. So that's why I say make sure you know that this is what you want before you go after it and just get to know yourself. Make sure that this is what you want, you know, because there are going to, for me, I had a lot of things that happened and changes that occurred, you know, just on hormones, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you do your research, um, you know, and if you're struggling with your chain of command, um, I got out. That's what I did. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, you know, be denied medical assistance. That's a, that's a right that everybody should have, whether I'm a citizen or not, not a citizen, a civilian or um, an active duty soldier, you know, that's, that I couldn't, I I didn't want to have to fight that battle because that's just like, you know, I just couldn't handle it. I was just too much Mm -hmm. by myself, you know, I had no support. Um, I'm just wondering, cause you said you, you left the military after that and you started your transition. Does the VA support, will the VA support your hormones like forever yes. or they do? Okay, perfect. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Is there, do you know of any like support groups or any, any, um, like trans support groups that they can go to? Like if they don't want to talk to family about that, you know of? Oh yeah. There's, there's really a lot. Good. There's a lot. Um, I know one, I mean, of course, let me just say this too. I'm here for anybody that ever wants to reach out. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. And I'm also on Instagram at I am Royal Greatness Fit. So if anybody ever does want to talk or reach out or needs to vent or is having some trouble, I will, I'm, I'm willing to help anybody become their better self and live their truth. Um, but there is a group online um, on Facebook because I have a lot of connections on Facebook and it's called S-P-A-R-T asterisk sign A trans, Sparta trans. And there's some phenomenal individuals there that have a lot of resources, a lot of resources, and they're all prior service members in various military branches. Excellent. That's perfect. Layla Ireland is on there. You know, I don't know if you heard of Layla Ireland and her partner Shane. Mm-mm. Yep, they're on there. Okay, perfect. Um, is there anything you anything else you want to add before we close the interview? Anything else you want to mention or discuss? Final thoughts? Anything? Um, <laughs> we've, we've we talked I, about. I, 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 I just want to suggest to everybody. You know. Um, be who you are and love who you love, you know, be who you are because we need that. If people keep acting like they're not something that they are, it's not going to help this world. You're not doing a justice and a service to the generations to come. Love who you love and don't be ashamed because love is love. Okay. Love is love is love is love. Thank you. All right. That's my final well, remark. Yeah. Yes. Great yeah. interview. Thank you so much. I had a great time talking to you. We, we could probably go on for another exactly. hour, honestly. I'm telling you, I could, we could go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, you're always more than welcome to come back as well for like a second interview. 
Um, oh, thank you. Like later on, if you wanna, if you know, you wanna come on here and vent, talk about stuff, or you can come back on the podcast anytime. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, well, That's thank so you so sweet. much for taking the time, and um, I appreciate You're it. You're sweet, Izzy. You're sweet. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I hope you have a good rest of your day. You too, sweetie. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.